Thank you for joining us once again for Kingdom Rock Radio. Now here's a sample of today's broadcast. All right? Yeah. Tell on the devil, Lord, I'm having these thoughts again. Oh, Lord, I'm having these thoughts again. I feel like slapping her. Lord, help me. Help me, Jesus. I'm having these again. You talk to the Lord and tell the Lord. You tell on the devil. Remember, if you would like to hear more about our ministry, just log on to KingdomRock.org. That's KingdomRock.org. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the rich word of God. Uh, turn your Bibles with me to the book of James. I think the last time we were in Bible study together, we were trying our best to get to the book of James. James was just so, he was just jumping up and down, wanting to come out and play. So, we're going to go to the book of James tonight. Finally, we did some work in James. And the Lord also poured out, there was an overflow that poured out on Saturday night um, in in Illinois. And the people were very blessed there as we looked at it. But James, the first chapter, tonight we're going to be speaking from the subject of what's eating you what's eating you and uh, we're continuing in the broad broad um, broad subject uh, God's people need deliverance all right James the first chapter and I'm going to read this to you James chapter 1 verses 13 through 15 I'm going to read this to you out of the New Living Translation and also out of the Message Bible because I just love the way it reads Listen to this. Verse 13. And remember, when you are being tempted, do not say, God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong, and he never tempts anyone else. Temptation comes from our own desires. Say with me, temptation comes from our own desires which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions. And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. All right, so what's eating you? What's in your heart? We're going to continue to look at that until the Lord says, Otherwise, we're going to take an x-ray at that heart. Let me help some of you out. We're going to look at you. Well, okay, we'll give you some. Give you some hands, too. All right, there we go. All right, what's in your heart? What's in here? The Bible says that death, as a, at the very end of it, death comes virtually because of what's in here and really in scripture uh, heart is synonymous with the mind give you a little brain there with the mind the bible talks about the spirit of your mind so when you see heart um, mind uh, and it really in some cases soul also refers to the mind so this all really is coming from you as, as it says here uh, in James, the first chapter, it says temptation comes from our own desires, comes from our own lust. King James says it's in you. It's in us. And that's the first key of really getting deliverance. It's not uh, 
lust or strong these strong desires do not come from a magazine, do not come from a movie, uh, do not come from a bottle. It, it does not come from other people. It comes from something that is within us. Hallelujah. So the first key really to uh, defeating this death that is plaguing us is to understand these desires are our own, are our own. They come from us. And if we diffuse it, once we diffuse this, uh, these desires, uh, then the death will not be able to enter and destroy us. Now, let me show you, let me read to you out of the uh, Message Bible. It says in verse 13 through 15, it says, Don't let anyone under pressure to give in to evil say, God is trying to trip me up. God is impervious to evil and puts evil in no one's way. The temptation to give in to evil comes from us and only us. We have no one to blame but the but the leering, seducing flare-up of our own lust. Lust gets pregnant and has a baby. Sin. Sin grows up to adulthood and becomes a real killer. I like the message Bible. Now, I want to show you some things here, and as we go back uh, into the New Living Translation, let me give you some Bible verses. Uh, so I thank you so much for bringing your Bible. It's important to bring your Bible and something to write on and bring your pen to Bible study, because that's exactly what we're going to do. We're going to study the Bible. Amen? All right. The very last part of, um, of verse 15 says, And when sin is allowed to grow, when sin is allowed to grow, it brings, uh, rather it gives birth to death. King James says, when sin has conceived. Uh, when it is allowed to grow within us. Now, when, does, when do we have an occasion to allow sin to grow in us? Really, when we think it's done in secret. Uh, the Bible calls it secret sins. Now, you can write this down in Psalm 90, verse number 8. It talks about uh, our secret sins are revealed in the presence of God. Our secret sins are revealed in the presence of God. Somehow, this person has allowed this to grow in them, and this is out of the public eye, but they can do it behind doors, behind corners, looking this way or that way. So like Moses did before he killed the Egyptian man, before he killed him, he looked, the Bible says he looked this way and that way, and then he slew him. When he was sure that nobody saw him, then he did the sin, which is what we, some do today with secret sin. He wanted, Moses wanted to keep his sin secret. He wanted to keep it secret, so, uh, so that he thought that he could get away with it. But all of our sins are revealed in the presence of God, secret or, or otherwise. Now, we cannot allow sin to grow in us. We must live repentant lives or penitent lives. That is, we constantly go before the Lord and talking to him about these desires that are within. Here's the trick sometimes. Sometimes we only go before the Lord to talk to him after, after the sin is committed. All right, after it is committed. I think it's, there you go, after it's committed. 
that's bad. Now, it's good to ask the Father for forgiveness and ask him for the cleansing, but there are three stages. There's, a, there's one, the, uh, there is the actual tempting, the actual tempting stage, and two, there is uh, the growth stage that we talked about a moment ago, the growth stage when it's actually growing in you, or, or King James says when it is conceived in you, right? And three, there's the, there is the actual uh, birth of it. You actually commit it. You actually do it. What I'm telling you that uh, now here again, when we actually do it, this is when people go, go to God and say, God, forgive me for what I've just done. But what I'm telling you, we need to talk to God in the temptation stage. In the temptation stage. Lord, I feel this monkey on my back again. Let's talk about this, Jesus. Let's talk about it, Lord. Let's talk about it. I really feel this on me again. Let's talk about this thing. Let's talk about it. In other words, let's drag this temptation. Let's drag this lust or this strong desire into the light. Let's drag into the light. Now, the devil works in darkness. And as long as it's in darkness, he'll work. But when we say, Lord, I'm confessing this. I have this desire. I have this feeling in me. And I need you to help me with it. Now, here's one thing that uh, I'm not sure we discussed last time or it may have been in Illinois. But every, every lust, of course, lust has an object. Um, there's always something that marks the spot. Uh, we don't simply, we don't say just lust for nothing. There's always something we lust for. We always lust for something, okay? We lust for some type of object. Now, uh, let's just say for a moment uh, we lust after people out after bodies uh, we we want that body lusting after bodies or you know name whatever it is <clears throat> whatever whatever the flavor is we're lusting for it now there's something we hope to get out of this sinful experience there's something we hope to get out of it if we're lusting means that, that lust means uh, we are longing Longing for something. We have an, an appetite. Okay? And we have a craving. Okay? That's what it is. Now, all this is in the temptation phase, phase one. Remember, there are three phases. Temptation, uh, the growth phase, or the conception of sin. And three, you give birth to it. You actually do it. Okay? But there is something past. Now, I want you to see. Let me... Uh, let me do this. I'm going to draw this on the board here. Okay, let's say here again that this is the, let's say we're looking, and here is the object of the sin, but there is something that we expect to get out of it. There's a reason why we go to this. There's a reason why a man goes to another woman, another married man goes to another woman. There's a reason why someone uh, goes out and gets drunk gets, um, grabs um, some form of alcoholic beverage, whatever. It's supposed to be a, a wine bottle, but you understand what I'm saying. <laughs> there's a reason. There's a reason why, uh, okay, it's supposed to be a syringe there. There's a reason why they go for the drugs, okay? There's a reason why. 
we look at these things as the issue, and these things are not the issue. They're simply a means to an end. Hear me. The alcohol bottle is a means to an end. There's something that we want that is past the alcohol bottle, the drugs. There's something that is past it. We're trying to get at this. Does everybody understand? The alcohol bottle or the, or the website, the porn website or, or whatever, it's a means to get at something. We're looking for something. We're looking for what this thing can do for us. You understand? Uh, maybe an alcohol bottle, we're looking for, maybe we're looking for some peace from worries. Maybe we're looking for and some type of uh, escape, right? Maybe we're looking for some type of pleasure, right? Uh, maybe, maybe within sex, we're looking for some type of love. Or maybe we're looking for some type of acceptance. Okay? Now, these things, peace and escape, uh, pleasure, love, acceptance, are these things bad? No. There's nothing wrong with these at all. Is it bad that we want this? Is it bad that we want love? Is it bad that we want peace? I can't hear you. Is it bad that we want to escape? Is it bad that we want pleasure? No, it is not. No, it's not. I mean, I eat sometime for pleasure. I want something to snack on, something to knack on. I want something that's going to taste good. Are you with me? And everything we eat, is, it may not be good for you, but it tastes good. That's why we eat some things, right? Okay. So wanting peace, wanting an escape, uh, wanting pleasure, wanting love, wanting acceptance, these things are not bad. But the bad thing is the way in which we go about getting them. Are you understanding? We want the drugs because maybe the drugs that give me a moment of peace. We want the, uh, we want the, want the sex, whether it's fornication uh, or whether it's adultery, want that because maybe it gives us a sense of, of love. Now, it's the same thing as we talked about with Adam and Eve in the beginning. They wanted to be like God, right? And it's good to want to be like, uh, uh -oh, like, like God. Remember, the devil tempted them. Uh, saying, if you eat this, you'll be like God. But God had already formed them in, after his image and after his likeness. So the Lord was already on plan to, to do that, to make them better, to make them like him. But the enemy simply showed them another, he showed them another, what? Another way. This is the root system of a tree. The devil said, here bite this eat of this tree it wasn't the tree that they desired they desired the fruit that will make them wise that will make them like god you understand what we're saying so all these things that we want all of this the peace the escape the pleasure the love the acceptance uh being like god all of these are good 
are good desires, and they all come from the heart. We want this, and man is craving for this. Accept me. Love me. I need some peace. I'm under a lot of stress. Oh, help me. He's looking for hope, looking for it, but he's looking for it in the wrong places. All of these things the Father says, I can give you. Oh, here's another one that man is looking for. Now, here's a big one. Comfort. Looking for comfort. This is one thing also that the Lord said, I will not leave you comfortless, but I will send you another comforter who is the Holy Spirit. So all these things that man is seeking for is good. Nothing wrong with them, but we're seeking them in the wrong places. Are you with me? All right. So when you have a desire to do one of these things, no matter what your flavor is, if it's eating chocolate cake, whatever your flavor is, whatever causes death in your life. Whatever causes the death of a relationship, the, uh, the death of your finances, whatever is uh, pulling the life out of you, that's what sin does. It pulls the life out of you. Anybody know what I'm talking about tonight? Whatever is pulling the life out of you, I urge you, don't wait until you give birth to it. But begin to talk to the Lord. And when you're talking to the Lord about it, Understand, I want you to get a picture of why, why, uh, begin to ask these questions. Why am I going to this? Begin to ask, what do I hope to get out of this? When I go down to the red light district and I see sister so-and-so on the corner and she's there with her fishnets and she's there with all this stuff. And we're driving up, and you know that it's wrong for you to do this, but you found yourself going down there, and you're driving, and you see sister with the fishnets and the long fake hair, and she's smiling at you. What do you expect to get out of that experience? Because we know that before. Last time we were, last time we were with uh, sister fishnet, uh, it lasted for a minute, but then we regretted that we were there. And we went home crying, why did I do that? Oh, Lord, help me. I don't want to go back there. I don't want to be that way. I don't want to be that person. So we know where that road leads with Sister Fishnet, right? But we find ourselves driving down. Now, whatever your Sister Fishnet is, whether your Sister Fishnet is the Budweiser, whether it's drugs, whatever your fishnet is. Are you with me? We know what that leads to. We need to ask ourselves the question when, when we're tempted with it. Tell on the devil. I think Sister Way said one time they didn't like her while she was growing up because she was a tattertale. Tell on that devil. Am I right? Yeah. Tell on the devil. Lord, I'm having these thoughts again. Oh, Lord, I'm having these thoughts again. I feel like slapping her. Lord, help me. Help me, Jesus. I'm having these again. You talk to the Lord and tell the Lord. You tell on the devil. This, these things are running through my mind. And then the second thing you do after you talk to the Lord about it, I want you to begin to ask him, Lord, what do I expect to get out of this? Now, this knowledge uh, comes really, the full knowledge of this comes when you're under the pressure to do it. When you're resisting it, and when you're in the flow of it, and your body's crying out for it, this is when, this is the best time to examine it right here. Are you with me? 
guess what? It's going to happen to you again. Don't worry. You have another opportunity. It's going to happen again. How do we know that? It's happened before and it happened before that, before that. It's going to happen again. You have another opportunity to lust for something or to desire something that is wrong. You have an opportunity. And what I'm telling you is that when it comes, talk to the Lord about it, number one. Number two, begin to question Question the Holy Spirit, Lord, why do I want this? What do I expect past this? Because, Lord, she's really not that attractive. He really is not that attractive. That cake really doesn't smell all that good. Why do I want that? Are you with me? Begin at that point then to question, what am I hoping to get out of this experience? Say with me, what am I hoping to get, to acquire, or to feel out of this experience? You see, when you begin to question it, that's freedom. You're beginning to break the bars down. You're kicking some bars down when you're beginning to question. All right, my Lord. I had about six or seven pages of notes, but we're still on page one. All right, let's follow the leading of the Lord. Amen. Now, I want you to notice something as well. Uh, I have a message Bible. Now, we're still here in James 1. Uh, notice what it says. God is impervious to evil and puts evil in no one's way. Now, of course, this is collaborated with two different scriptures. You can write this down. Matthew, the sixth chapter, verse 13, which says uh, the, this is the Lord's prayer. And the Lord is saying in the prayer, the Lord Jesus is telling us to pray, lead us not into temptation. He's telling you, pray this, lead us not into temptation. Not that God is going to say, okay, demons, tempter, tester. That's not what the Lord is saying or doing. Are you with me? No. What he's saying in the prayer is, uh, when he says, lead me not into temptation, He's actually saying, uh, Lord, give me victory in the testing period or don't allow me to be tested or fortify my heart against that period or take the desire out of me so that I won't be tempted in that way. Are you with me? Give me victory in this period. Now, that's so the Lord is telling us now, if God is if God is going to put temptation or traps in our way, why would Jesus tell us? Lead me not into temptation. Why don't you tell us to pray that? Secondly, in Matthew 26, verse 41, um, at the, in, uh, in the garden, when the Lord Jesus was about to be taken by Judas and the temple guards, he tells the disciples, boys, y'all pray. Pray that you enter not into temptation. Again, he telling them, pray that you enter not into temptation because he said the spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is what is weak. So he tells them again, pray that you don't enter into temptation. He tells us in the Lord in the Lord's prayer, pray the father that you enter not into temptation. And so to say for people to say God is tempting me is really wrong. He's not tempting you. The desire that evil thing comes from within us. Amen. All right. All right. Now, let me show you something here. Go to Psalm 106. We're going to look at this now. We're going to read this out of the King James Version. 
Let me get a temperature check. Are y'all getting anything out of this tonight? Good temperature check. Psalm 106, verse 9 through 15. Let me read this for you. Read this to you. Now, this is thrilling. It is thrilling. Now, this talks about the children children of Israel as they were uh, at the Red Sea. They had just um, come out of Egypt. And let me go ahead and just read verses 9 through 15 of Psalm 106. And it says, he rebuked the sea, or rather the Red Sea also, and it was dried up, talking about God. So he led them through the depths as through the wilderness. And he saved them from the hand of him that hated them and redeemed them from the hand of the enemy. Verse 11. And the waters covered their enemies. Uh, There was not one of them left. Verse 12. Now listen to verse 12, 13, and 14. Very key here. They believed they, they rather, then believed they his words. They sang his praise. When they saw what God did, they believed what he said through the mouth of his prophet Moses. They believed his words and they sang praise. Now that's good, isn't it? Isn't it good? They believed his word. They sang his praise. Now verse 12 is wonderful. Oh, if they could have just stayed right there. Stay believing his word and singing his praise. Oh, if we could do that. Stay believing his word and singing his praise. They all spiritual now. Are you with me? They believe in what the Lord says and they are giving him praise. They're giving him honor and glory. Verse 13 says, they soon forgot his works. They waited not for his counsel. Once they get out there in it, they forgot about what he did. And they no longer wanted to wait on his counsel. His counsel is his, his advice, his word. They forgot about what he did, and they no longer wanted to wait on him. Now, that's bad. When we refuse to wait on God's counsel, what are we doing? We're taking matters into our own hands. I'm going to do it. Lord, I'd, I mean, in Egypt, they waited on his counsel. How are we going to get out of here, Moses? What God going to do now? Frogs? Okay, okay. Lice? Okay. Now in blood? Okay. They were all in God's face in Egypt. But once they got out of Egypt, now we forget what he's done. And we no longer want to wait on his word. Now that's the beginning of a decline. Now they're coming down. First, they believe what he said, and they were praising him. But now they're forgetting. Now the word forget here, F-O-R-G-A-T. Now, to, uh, the word forgot here means to put something out of your remembrance. It means to ignore in the Greek. It means to cease to care. Now, that's bad. They ceased to care. They ignored what God did. In other words, their vision was put out. The enemy was showing them something else now. They had something else on the mind. Something else was eating at them. What's eating you? Something else was on their mind. Something they had, they had another desire now that there was not from the Lord. So uh, they forgot his works and they waited not on his counsel. Verse 14, but lusted. Here's a third one. 
but lusted exceedingly in the wilderness and tempted God in the desert. Now, I want you to I want, please see this progression. They're up here on cloud nine with, nine with the Lord. They're believing his word and they're praising him. They're giving him glory. And then they come on down. Now they are ignoring what he said. They are ceasing to care. They're forgetting about what he's done. And they no longer want to hear his word anymore. Don't want to wait on him. Don't want to wait on the preacher. Don't want to, they just are not concerned anymore. And so they're going on down. Now, verse 14 says, but lusted exceedingly. Oh, they really long for it. Now, they're really lusting here for the flesh pots of Egypt. They wanted some meat. They wanted some flesh. They lusted exceedingly. And what happened? And tempted God. The lust of ex- the exceeding lust gave birth to a sin tempting God. Jesus said, if you um, look it up in Scripture, he said, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Don't tempt God. That's sin. Now, once sin is present, what happens? Verse number 15. And he gave them their request. God said, all right, you won't meet here. Here, I'll give you your request. But it says, but sent leanness into their souls. Now, I got to show you this. He gave them their request. They cried out. They were really, they, they, they were really longing for meat, hungry for meat. So much so that they refused to hear what God said. So much so that they refused to even think about what he had done for them. Praise had stopped. Believing his word had stopped. They didn't want no manna anymore, that God's precious bread that came down from heaven. They didn't want that. They wanted the meat from Egypt. So God said, okay, here. I'll give this to you. But listen, it says, uh, it says he gave them their meat, but sent, say sent, but sent leanness into their soul. Now the word sent here means to let go. It means in the Greek, rather in the Hebrew, rather, uh, in the Hebrew, it means to let go. It means to let loose. It means to set free. Now leanness is scarcity. It means uh, wasting of disease. That means disease start coming to the camp and their numbers thinned out. Disease came in the camp. Death came in the camp. Why did death come in the camp? Because of the sin. They began to tempt God. And the Bible says that God sent it. In other words, in the, in the Hebrew, the word sent means to let go. He let go of disease. In other words, he was holding it back from the people. Disease was already there around them, and God was holding it back. Disease wanted to get at God's people, but God was holding it back. But when they tempted God, when they sinned, when they sinned, God let it go. And that that he was holding back now consumed the people, and many of them died. Are you with me? But where did it all start? Lust. That strong desire for what they had back in Egypt, for what they had back in the world. Flesh pots of Egypt. I don't know what your flesh pot is, what you let go of way back in the world before you came to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. But we get in trouble when we start longing for that stuff. 
And sooner or later, you long for it enough, you will get it. An opportunity will present itself. But along with the opportunity comes death. Now, is God killing you with death? No. The Bible says again that because of the sin that's within us, the lust that's within in our hearts, when it is conceived, when we let it grow, it's going to bring forth death. Sin and sin's going to bring forth death. So the Lord's not condemning and cursing and, and all these things. But what happens is when we are lured, going back into the book of James, when we are lured away out of God's presence, now we're not in the presence of the Lord anymore. Now we don't have him on our mind. Now we're no longer praising him. We're no longer thinking about his word. Now we're out here in darkness and the enemy consumes us. Are you with me? Oh, this is good stuff, isn't it? Let me read to you one more, one more um, passage of scripture and we're going to close out for tonight. I'm really enjoying this. How about you? All right, Colossians, the third chapter, Colossians 3. Colossians 3. Now, we're going to talk more about the cure for it, possibly Sunday morning. The cure for this, because the Lord gives us the cure for those sensuous desires, for worldly appetites. Scripture talks about two different minds, having the mind of Christ. It also talks about having a carnal mind worldly mind, worldly thinking, and talks about what those two produce. And, and I really want to get into that with you. I really, 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 really want to, because I know it's going to help. All right, Colossians, the third chapter, verses 4, 5, and 6. Now, let me read this to you out of the Amplified Bible and also out of the New Living Translation. And we'll ask the question again, what's eating you? Huh? What is your heart desiring? I want you to know something again. It's not, it's not the needle. It's not the drug. It's not the alcohol that you're after. It's not the internet or it's not some movie. It's not the sister fishnet on the corner. That's just the object. Say object. Can, can we get a hold of that concept? That's just the object. That's not what you want. That's just the object. You're searching for something else. As we said on last Wednesday night, again, by Adam and Eve, and we shared in, um, um, in Illinois, object. The, your desire goes past the object. But these are ways that we have learned to fulfill those desires. Let me take a moment and talk about that for a second. When we have a certain desire, we have learned what to do to fulfill it. I wish I had somebody to talk to me in here. We have learned where to go. We have learned who to call. We have learned how much it costs. We know where to get it. But it took time to search it out, to find it out. We know what gives us the buzz, what gives us the hum. What gives us a shake or the shiver or whatever? We know what we know what does it for us. Whether it's Manischewitz, Mad Dog, Crispy Dog, or Pop Palakin, whatever it is. It took time for you to research that and so and say, okay, hey, this gives me that feeling. 
this gives me that feeling. Now you put your, you put your this in here. Okay, can we do that? This gives me that feeling. It took time for you to, to find that out. So when you have an itch, when there's a monkey on the back, when there's a desire, when there's a craving, when there's a longing, we know what to do in order to fulfill that. We took time to learn it. But the Lord says, I want you to take the same amount of time into seeking me in what to do when the itch comes on. We took time and research to find out in the bad way, but now let's seek the presence of the Lord while the heat's not on. Let's seek him. Lord, what? show me where to go, who to call, or show me what to do. Do, uh, do I fast? Do I pray? What do I do when this comes on me? Because you know what is for me. Now, the Bible also talks about inordinate affections. I want to get to that, too. Inordinate affection. In uh, what well, we can't tonight, but inordinate affection that is excessive to the excessive degree uh, of a longing for excessively trying to achieve something or trying to get something. We're going to talk about deflating inordinate affection out of our lives. Hallelujah. I'm excited about that. All right, but let's go ahead and read the Colossians. And we're going to close out. Colossians, the third chapter. Verses 4, 5, and 6 out of the Amplified, it says, When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you, will, then you also will appear with him in, splend, in the splendor of his glory. Verse 5, now listen to this. It says, So kill, deaden, deprive of power the evil desires lurking in your members those animal impulses, and all that is earthly in you that is employed in sin, sexual vice, impurity, sensuous appetite, unholy desires, and all greedy and covetousness, and all greed rather, and covetousness, for that is idolatry, the deifying of self and other created things instead of God. It is on account of these very sins that the holy anger of God is ever coming upon the sons of disobedience, those who are obstinately opposed to the divine will. Now that's a mouthful. Are you with me? But I want you to notice just a couple of things in verse number eight. It says, so kill, that is deaden or deprive of power, the evil desire lurking in your members. God says, I know it's there. It's lurking, hiding in the corners. It's hiding. You can't see me. Like I'm hiding behind this bookshelf now where you can't see me. It's lurking, looking around, waiting for an opportunity to come out when you don't want it to come out. Lurking. God says, I know that there is a lurking desire in you. The Bible says in the book of 1 John, uh, excuse me, 
Okay. As I climb down. The Bible says in 1 John that if you say you have not sinned, you say you have no sin, you're a liar. And the truth is not in you. So it's lurking there. Paul said, I know within me that is in my flesh there is no good thing. Paul acknowledged it. But I forgot there's somebody better than Paul here. He says, got to go with a second. He says, so kill. Now, here's the great thing that we can actually do this. Kill, deaden, deprive of power. Say with me, kill, deaden, deprive of power. The evil desires lurking in you. That's right. That's what we're going to do. Now, I'm going to give you two steps to kill it. The Bible talks about uh, mortifying or killing the deeds of the body by the power of the spirit. That is by the power of the Holy Spirit. And number two, uh, it is now we're going to go through some of these, but not tonight. The second is taking control of your thought life, taking control of your thought life. You can't control if a bird flies over your head, but you sure can control it making a nest in your head. Taking control of your thought life, your thinking, your thoughts are your responsibility. Say with me, my thinking, my thoughts are my responsibility. You get to choose what you meditate on. You may not get to choose what comes in your mind, but you get to choose what you think about. So when a, when a bad thought comes in, we can either sit there and, hmm, now that would be nice. Hmm, hmm, hmm. <laughs> we can either choose to do that. Or we can choose to take that thought captive, as the Bible declares in the book of uh, Corinthians. Take it captive and cast that thing out. Are you with me? All right. Uh, there's so much more, but I, oh, I can't. Let me read this to you out of the New Living Translation that we'll stop here. Let's pick up here next time. A New Living Translation of the same verse of Scripture, Colossians 3, chapter, verses 4 through 6. Listen to what it reads. Listen to what it says. It says, and when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. But put to death the sinful, earthly things lurking within you, having nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater worshiping the things of this world because of these sins the anger of god is coming all right don't let those be accounted unto you now tonight you received i believe you received a good picture by way of the holy spirit we give him praise tonight for teaching us we get it we got a very good understanding we got very good scriptures to back up what we are saying and uh, the Lord really wants us to overcome, to be overcomers. He really wants us to be delivered. And I thank God tonight that uh, by the power of his spirit, you are delivered. Amen. Give the Lord a hand of praise. We're done in Jesus' name. Well, those of you that are here tonight and those of you that are listening by way of CD, if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, we're going to say this short prayer together. And I pray that if you pray this prayer sincerely, 
The Lord will hear you and he will answer you. So if everybody here, would you, would you stand with us at this time? And we're going to invite our Savior in our hearts because he loves us. And he is not here to condemn us. He's not here to embarrass us. He loves you. He loves you. And he does not want distance to be between you. So, would you repeat with me? Would you pray with me? And just say, Father, I come to you admitting that I have done wrong. I have sinned. And I have fallen short of your glory. But I've heard that you're a loving God and that you will forgive me. So now I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. And I confess Jesus as my master, my Lord, and as my savior. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Live in me. I accept you. And I thank you for accepting me. Now fill me with your precious spirit. I thank you, Father, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Remember, if you would like to hear more about our ministry, just log on to kingdomrock.org. That's kingdomrock.org.